Patriots has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth. So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Greg Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Halfway through the month of August, Tuesday night edition of the show. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. good. Had a great time at the county fairs uh, Friday and Saturday. And, okay. Uh, met met a lot of people and, and uh, got, to, got to have a lot of fun. I mean, these county fairs, you know, around here are just a blast and... You know, so many kids are involved in 4-H, and these fairs really center around 4-H. And it's every they had at the at the county fair I went to up in South Dakota last Friday, which is why we weren't on the air Friday. One of the 4-H projects that a lot of kids took up was rocketry. Ah, that's right up my family's field. <laughs> yeah, and they had they had all different types and sizes of of rockets from the kind you'd buy in kits to the kind that you make on your own uh, mm-hmm. and design on your own. And, I mean, that was, to me, that was fascinating to see that. Oh, yeah, that stuff is. Sure. Yeah, cool that kids out here in the Midwest on farms and ranches are interested in rockets. You know? As far as I'm concerned, everybody should be interested in rockets and space well, exploration. Yeah, you, you and me both, but you know, another one of the things they had that 4-H sponsors is robotics. And kids are well, building their own robotics, you know? Robotics, I can see being very handy on a farm. It's, it's, just, it's just interesting to see kids at, at those ages, you know? Uh, grade school, junior high, and maybe even a, a few high schoolers that are interested in those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's really cool. So anyway, we had a great time. Great broadcast live on the Twister radio station out here, and that was fun. And and uh, this coming Saturday, I'm, I'm heading out to Gordon, Nebraska, to the home office of the Twister because they're having a big community picnic out there so oh cool susan and i are going out there on saturday that'll be fun oh cool i'm thinking maybe saturday heading down to the keys yeah how are the keys doing by the way they're beautiful they're they they've I, I i can't imagine they've completely fixed everything that got destroyed in the storms, but they're coming back pretty strong, right? The Keys didn't get hit by last year's storm. They had, you know, pass-throughs, so the Keys did not suffer that damage. But it's a, you know, it's a hoot. Key West is a, a total hoot. Isla Mirada is just great places to eat. You can sit on uh, 
a restaurant on the Atlantic and you can see over to the Gulf. I mean, it's just beautiful and it's close to me. That's going to be fun. I I hope Mm -hmm. the weather cooperates and you get to go. Well, that's if we decide to do that. Well, you know, you got choices. Yeah. That's always good. So here's what we got coming up on the show tonight. Diane, you're covering Traitor. Thy name is Mike Pence. Oh, yes. Okay. And I've got UFOs, the Bible, and a pillar of salt. I love this article. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a few fun, a few laughs with that. So, you know, uh, and and we'll tell you more about it when we get to those segments. But let's start uh, with the, uh, the weekly indictment of President Donald Trump. And that's what it seems to be coming down to, a weekly indictment. Right now, he's facing over 95 indictment charges. And I want to say here and now, I don't care which candidate you support in the primaries, but you have to stand united with Donald Trump against these witch hunt indictments. This this is getting to be insanely ridiculous at this point. You know, the indictment yesterday came down last night. Yeah, honestly, after 10 o'clock, yes. Yep, came down from Georgia, and 98 pages long, and I think there's 18, use your air quotes, co-conspirators. Uh, uh, it was 18, yeah. Yeah. Or, wait a minute, no, 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 wasn't it 19 when they were finally finished? Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was 18, maybe it was 19, it's right in that, that it's ballpark. It's one of those two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a, a boatload of charges. Um, and, you know, I had I had the opportunity today to read through some of the indictment. And once again, what you've got here is uh, a Soros-style DA looking for anything and everything to throw at the wall to see what sticks. And some of these charges are just completely baffling well the one that's really serious use your air quotes though guys is this thing about the rico act right because you know rico has to do with racketeering and questioning an election results is the the candidate's right to do so if it's their legal right to do, how is that racketeering? I mean, that's a great question. And, and you know, obviously the, the liberals out there are like, oh, no, no, it's racketeering. Trust us. Yeah, well, you know, you, you're going to have to prove it in court. But racketeering is something that DAs fall back on when they don't really have much else. Yeah. But it's a very serious charge because it, it could be decades in prison if someone is found guilty. Now, I'm not saying Trump is going to be found guilty. We all know the truth about the election. And if people still think, oh, Biden won's fair and square, you're missing a couple of brain cells. <laughs> At least. We know these charges are bogus, whether you support Trump or not now. You have to know that these charges are bogus. But the funny thing about them 
is everything that Trump has done in questioning the election is exactly what Hillary did to a T and nothing has been done about her doing it. Can, can I take it a step closer to Georgia? What about Stacey Abrams? I was going to say Stacey Abrams, who still considers herself the legitimate uh, governor of Georgia. So why is it okay to do all this against Trump, but you give Hillary a pass, you gave Stacey Abrams a pass, Hunter Biden seems to be getting a pass now on everything due to um, uh, statute of limitations nonsense. I mean, this is obviously politically driven, partisan aligned, and nothing else. It's it's so transparent uh, at this point. You know, reading through the the latest indictment, the one from Georgia, some of the things that they say constitute a conspiracy is Mm -hmm. that Trump went on social media and asked people to watch a television network. And, oh, that's a big part of the conspiracy, they're screaming. Uh, and, I mean, they spell it out. They, they literally spell it out in the indictment. You know, Trump asked people on social media to watch whatever network it was. So, in, in other words, asking people to watch television is now part of a conspiracy. Or... Uh, another one was uh, so-and-so reserved a room at a hotel, and that's part of the conspiracy. No, no. This is all, non- this is all nonsense. They're grasping at straws. But what people also forget is the Democrats want Trump to be the nominee. Because remember the fraud in 2020? It's going to be 10 times that in 2024 and they've already got it set in motion well this is part of it this is election interference what they're doing now so it's part of the 2024 fraud machine Mm -hmm. absolutely but today there was a very interesting article in town hall by matt vesper and he said, we have to face this heinous possibility regarding the Trump indictments, meaning that in the in the venues where these indictments have been made, like in Georgia and, you know, the, the counties that they're right. in, there's very strong possibilities that President Trump will be found guilty. Now, of course, he's going to appeal. We all know that. But the appeals might not come in time for the election. So what Matt Vespar is touching upon is the fact you can only push we the people so far before things might start to be taken into the public's hand. Now, he did not call for indict, uh, in violence by any means. He did not incite in violence or anything else. I'd recommend people go to town hall to read his article. But however, there's always a faction of people that sort of cross over a line. And even though in their hearts they're doing the right thing, it could lead to trouble. 
Well, and, and what Vespa's kind of talking about there is another January 6th style, um, you know, bunch of protests or, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and I don't know that he's far off the mark with that. He's I, not I, far off the mark, and that's, that's the issue. It could very well happen. You know, it's one thing if you're going to charge President Trump with something and you have proof positive that he broke the law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of that exists. It's all speculation. They're trying to try him on intent. What was his intent? Well, how do you know someone's intent? Well, and that plays right into the J6 indictments. That's all about intent. You know, what was he thinking? Exactly. Well, I, you know, there's only one person that, that really truly knows what he was thinking, and that's President Trump. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and J6 is the same, or I mean, uh, Atlanta, Fulton County, Georgia, that's the same type of deal. You know, uh, you, you are perfectly legally allowed to question the results of an election. Exactly. And and that's what he did. And yes. uh you know it, you know yeah, did he ask people to look into certain things? Yes. So did, what? Did, yeah, so what? Did he tell them to jury rig the election so he won? No. You know. Right. And, and you know when when you start throwing Charges, and I mean these are charges that are spelled out in in the Fulton County, Georgia indictment. When mm-hmm. when you start charging people with asking somebody to make a phone call or suggesting that people turn on their TVs, I mean, well, what the hell message is that sending? The, those are the kind of charges you get in a banana republic. Exactly. You know, and what they're and, doing, Diane, is they're, they're twisting statutes and they're twisting laws and trying to shoehorn these charges into what they've twisted. It. This is the perfect definition of a partisan political witch hunt. That's all it is. Plus, it's also election interference. It's manipulation. This is exactly what Hillary did. Well, and, and I'll tell you something. Look, I, to, in my mind, what Hillary did was a lot worse than any of this. Oh, of course. I mean, when, when you, you, you can trace the problems with Hillary all the way back at least to Whitewater. But look uh-huh. what happened. Look what happened in Benghazi. Yes. Look what I mean, yes. she had a private server hooked up in her bathroom that she was using to host her private email account that she was using for official government business. And then when it came to subpoenaing all of her emails, she decided what to turn over and what not to and destroyed 32,000 emails and bleach bitted the server. How about that also she sold our uranium to the Russians. Yeah. And and then then her party turns around and tries to accuse Donald Trump of colluding with the Russians? Yeah. Donald Trump didn't sell uranium to the Russians. Hillary no. did. 
right now our country is literally divided into two factions and it's not democrats and republicans it's patriots and anarchists and i or maybe e- even worse than anarchists it's patriots and outright traitors uh, there there you go i was going to say anarchists i think is probably too light of a term yeah we we are talking overt traitors to this country people who want to see completed the transformation of america well and i'm going to throw something else into the mix here when you look at all these different indictments all these different charges the witch hunt right mm-hmm. the witch hunt of all witch hunts what mm-hmm. you're what you're bordering on now is uh, a situation where we could wind up in a constitutional crisis, the likes of which this country has never seen. And this is kind of what Matt Vespa was alluding to in his town hall piece today, is that you could wind up in a civil war type of situation. We have not seen a country this divided since 1860. That's true. But one thing people need to understand, and I'm going to be touching on this particular topic next week. We have got to stop calling this country a democracy. Because right now, yeah, everybody calls us a democracy. Well, guess what? Democracy is mob rule. And you want to know something? Right now, this country is being run by a mob. 100% 100% by a mob. And, and, yeah. you, and, and you, you know, feel free, folks, to define mob any way you want it. Because it's either an angry mob or it's an organized crime mob. Maybe it's a combination of the two. Oh, yeah. It's, we are becoming the biggest laughing stock I think we've ever been in our history. We are watching... Reagan shining, you know, city on the hill, being destroyed by a crooked administration. And I'm sorry, we can call the Biden crime family crooked. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a crime family. We are being destroyed in the eyes of the world. They're laughing at us. It's it's an incredible situation. Uh, that yeah. we that we find ourselves in, and it's not getting any better. It's going to get worse. Trust oh, me on that. Much worse. Um, and a, a lot of it is going to hinge on these trials of Donald Trump and the resulting appeals. Yeah, you see, now there's another issue. The Georgia indictments are trying to go to trial within six months which puts you dead smack right before the first primaries now right then and there that's election interference because many people who are undecided on which candidate to vote for are going to really be you know listening to what happens here but let's say president trump is found guilty if, it's, if the Georgia thing stays in the county that it's in, I believe it's Fulton County. Right. Yeah, they'll find him guilty. Now, appeals do not happen overnight, folks. So if he's found guilty 
then technically for the time being, he's a convicted felon. Just imagine Biden now. Well, I'm only accused of this, this, and this, but my opponent is a convicted felon. You don't think that's going to resonate with some people? You're wrong, because it will. Yeah. It will. Uh, Of course it will. And that's election interference because he, yes, he might be convicted, but he hasn't had his chance yet for appeal. Well, and Biden will never say, I'm accused of the, I mean, he'll just keep lying. No, I never did anything wrong. Even though the bank records show he did things wrong, you know, even though the, the documents, the emails, the text messages, the, you know, I mean, on and on and on. Uh, you know, he's, you know, there's a mountain of evidence there, uh, yes. but he'll never admit, you know, the, Hey, I'm, I'm even being accused of this. You know, it's just, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and, and Trump, well, I think he's going to win on appeals, you know, and whether it's an appeal in at a district level or whether it's an appeal at the Supreme court level, eventually he'll win the appeals because this stuff is crazy nuts. But the problem is the appeals will come. Probably they'll work it out after the election because what will happen is it'll first, okay, it goes from the district court. Then it might go to a state court. Then it might go to a district court. And then eventually in a year and a half, two years down the road, it'll make it to the Supreme court. Remember if someone is guilty of insurrection or inciting insurrection. And remember, January 6th still hangs over his head as well. He cannot run or be president. Yeah, it's this is this is going to get really interesting over the next five, six months. Yeah. And there's going to be people that are fit to be tied. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying whoever you support in the primaries... You have to understand that if Trump does get the nomination, every one of us have to support him. We have to vote for him. He might not be your candidate of choice, but if he fairly wins the nomination, we have to vote for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just a fact. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Do, you, do you really want four more years of what you've got no. now? No. And it's, there's, well, when you hear in my Pence article later, there is a little caveat with that. Um, Also, because remember, the Trump years, while he will do good things, even as a lame duck president, there's going to be a lot of revenge-based payback, which is deserved. Don't get me wrong, it is deserved. But it might spoil the field for 2028. It could could actually spoil the field even further downrange than that, I think. Yeah, and I'll get into that, you know, when it's my segment. But the bottom line is right now, as things stand, I don't care which candidate you support. You've got to almost pledge that if Trump is the nominee, we're gonna have to vote for him. I mean, we can't go another four years the way no. we're going now. 
Uh, no. Otherwise, there won't be anything left of this country that's recognizable. No. And, you know, for many years, I was always a poll watcher here in Florida. And then I, you know, when Craig and I started doing what we're we're doing, I said, you know what, I'm going to back off from being a poll watcher. Well, I think this election, I'm going to volunteer again as a poll watcher. And let me tell you, when I was one, I was even in the paper having caught some fraud going on. Well, you know, there there was a poll watcher there in Fulton County, Georgia, that was raising hell because, you know, the, the liberals kicked everybody out, kicked out all the poll watchers, uh-huh. and they wouldn't let them finish because they, they shut down the, the, the voting. So they could bring in more boxes of newly discovered votes, right? Who miraculously all were for Biden. And, yeah, and and then when they started up the count again, they wouldn't let poll watchers back in. Well, there was a poll watcher that was raising hell. You know, you mm-hmm. can't do this. This is illegal. You're breaking the law. Well, they threatened that poll watcher with arrest. And one of the things that Trump suggested was that they they get protection for that poll watcher, that specific person. That, mm-hmm. too, apparently now is a crime, suggesting that somebody needs protection is a crime, according to Fulton County, Georgia. you got to understand about this woman who was the head of all of this. She ran her campaign saying she was going to get Trump. Right. I, I, I just forget her name right now offhand. Oh, I can tell you her name. I refer to her as Kiss My Fat Fanny Willis. Fanny Willis is Fan, that yeah. woman's name. Yeah. She ran her whole entire campaign. I'm, I'm going to get Trump. And now people are are saying she needs to recuse herself. No, politically, she will never recuse herself. No way. No way. You know, last night when when this all went down, you know, she comes strutting into the courtroom, carrying Mm -hmm. the documents to the judge. They had cameras there, you know, so that everybody could see all this. The judge signs off on it. She goes strutting back out of the of the courtroom, down the hall, cameras following her all the way down to her office, where she literally posed with the indictment. Yeah. It's her 15 minutes of fame, or in her case, infamy. I mean, yeah, this, this woman, she's a piece of work. I mean, she's, she's the Fulton County, Georgia equivalent of the guy up in in new york oh bragg Bragg. alvin alvin bragg yeah these liberal these liberal judges and da's and they're not a judge is supposed to be impartial and fair no matter their personal political allegiances but unfortunately in today's world and it's been since obama Every Democrat appointee is has been a partisan shill. Hack. Yeah. 
whatever you want to call them. They are anything but impartial. They don't care what the Constitution says, whether it be our national constitution or a state constitution. They don't care. They are doing the bidding of the Democrat hierarchy. 100%. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to keep an eye on this, obviously, because there will be more news coming. And I'll bet you we have more news to talk about it come Friday's show. Oh, I'm sure. If not Uh, another indictment. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a few days away. You know, we could have one or two more Mm -hmm. indictments. Um, But we've got the rest of the show that we have to get through tonight. Now, coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to have a little fun. UFOs, the Bible, and a pillar of salt. But when we come back from the bottom of the hour break, Diane, you have taken on the whole situation with Mike Pence uh, in an op-ed entitled Traitor, Thy Name is Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. So we'll have all of that and discussion coming up for you in just a few minutes after this on Right Side Patriots. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through the Tuesday night edition of the show. If you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button, and you can listen to this or any of our other shows in their entirety. All right, Diane. So, you know, uh, Vice President Mike Pence running for the big seat in the Oval Office. And I'll tell you what. Within the Republican Party, everybody says Donald Trump is the most polarizing aspect of all politics. I'm not so sure that's true. 
because Mike Pitt, Mike Pence is pretty polarizing in his own right, right? Absolutely. And let me get, begin by saying two things. First, I never liked Mike Pence from the moment then-candidate Donald J. Trump introduced him as his running mate back on July 15, 2016. And second, I am about to break the great Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment about never speaking ill of a fellow Republican. And while this usually references that those running for office should not speak ill of their fellow Republican opponents, it has of late been applied to one's fellow Republicans in general. But sometimes commandments of all kinds are and should be broken. And here I must break Reagan's, for I believe Mike Pence, in his attacks on now fellow candidate Donald Trump, has indeed crossed the line into deliberate and slanderous spewing of lies, innuendos, and deceit to such a degree that, to me, it borders on the traitorous, traitorous to both country and to the man he once served under and called friend. There was something about Mike Pence, something that just did not sit right with me at all, a sense of foreboding, if you will. Maybe it was his overly whitened, toothy smile coupled with the way he carried himself, sort of reminiscent of Obama's overly uh, self-confident sauntering across the stage at Billy Boy's nominating convention. Or maybe it was the fact that I knew it did not look good for the former congressman running for re-election to a second term as Indiana's governor, which meant that if he did lose the governor's race, that he would be leaving office as a fairly, outside the Midwest, unknown politician who would forever be thought of as a loser. Whatever the feeling was that day, know that feeling has never left me, for Mike Pence has indeed turned out to be not only a loser, but now an American nightmare, bar none. But this is not to say that Mike Pence did not do at least one good thing as vice president. He did. One thing near and dear to my heart, and personal as well, is that Pence took the lead in not only rebuilding our nation's space program, including the all-important garnering of $8 billion in new funding for Space Force, but that he spearheaded the call for a U.S. Mars mission. Other than that, Craig, it's my opinion that Mike Pence was but second-rate window dressing for larger-than-life President Donald J. Trump, the man whose very presence literally sucks all the air out of the political room, and most especially so when the Democrats started in earnest their still-ongoing nefarious witch hunt against our 45th president. You know... (laughs) If you're looking for the polar opposite in personality to Donald Trump, it would have to be Mike Pence. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you look at at Trump's personality, you know, his demeanor, his, uh, you know, go get him attitude. And then you look at Mike Pence, and that is definitely the other side of the fence, right? Absolutely. You know, because the term second-rate window dressing, you know... It's kind of mild when you think of Mike Pence (laughs) because Mike Pence to me has always appeared to be a milquetoast of sorts, a direct opposite of Donald J. Trump, the man, which makes me wonder why Trump tapped him to be his running mate. 
three possibilities come to mind. First, was it because Indiana's former congressman and then possibly its soon-to-be former one-term governor remained popular with so-called social conservatives and the uber-religious far-right, a.k.a. the evangelicals, two large blocks of votes that Trump desperately needed if he was to beat Obama-backed Hillary Clinton in 2016, a possibility for sure. Second, did Trump choose Pence because the Republican hierarchy itself suggested that he do so, feeling that Pence was his best bet to shore up support with both Republicans still on the fence about Trump's now running as a Republican and embracing his then newfound conservative conservatism? Remember, Throughout most of his adult life, Donald Trump was a registered Democrat, so maybe that was the reason. And third, could it be that the then-Republican hierarchy, unbeknownst to candidate Trump, deliberately pushed easily controlled establishment shill Mike Pence on him, basically planting Pence as their eyes and ears, a mole, if you will, in what would surely be a very unconventional administration. Mike Pence would not only be their easy-to-manipulate counterbalance to the man who claimed not to be a politician, but his presence on the ticket would hopefully make said ticket more palatable to mainstream Republicans and the aforementioned uber-religious far-right, while at the same time bring the all-important independence over to the uncontroversial drama-free Mike Pence, and therefore the Republican ticket as well. Could this be the reason Pence became Trump's VP nominee? Not to be discounted, I'd say. Simply, any of these three scenarios are distinct possibilities, for I cannot imagine Donald Trump himself picking a man, a wannabe career politician, a milquetoast like Matt Pence to be his running mate, especially for his second go-round. Why so? Because it's my belief that Mike Pence was then, is now, and will probably always remain a somewhat shady character for when one's comments and actions, especially with Pence now knowing that President Trump, what he's facing, still seems to relish in spewing backstabbing nonsense, which has me wondering just which side of the political aisle Mike Pence's loyalty really lies with. And Craig, now with Pence becoming a much-heralded political martyr of sorts, a martyr through no fault of his own, how it must pain Trump to see his former vice president actually digging the proverbial knife ever deeper into his back. You know, Caesar had Brutus, Trump had <laughs> Pence. Caesar, you would have thought, would have known something was up with Brutus. And mm-hmm. apparently, Trump never really considered the fact that Pence might be right behind him with a sharp object. All right. You know, and maybe President Trump should have seen this coming. Maybe we all should have, for a red flag as to Pence's character should have been, if not raised, at least noted, for it has long been suspected that a traitor was embedded within the Trump camp. Could that traitor be Mike Pence? To me, the answer is maybe. 
And why? Here's one scenario that has led me to believe so. On May 17, 2017, just one day after the appointment of a special counsel to investigate supposed Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election, Mike Pence registered what became the Great American Committee, a PAC, which on its altruistic surface seemed like a good thing. And why would it and why wouldn't it seem like a good thing? Well, in two years' time in its operation, said PAC raised more than four million dollars to help congressional Republicans during the two thousand and eighteen midterm election. But what must don't most people don't know is that PACs of this nature are usually set up as a precursor to one's own presidential run. Simply, I now believe, especially after reading and hearing Mike Pence's recent comments regarding what many of us still believe to be the stolen 2020 election, is that this pack was also set up to test the waters, if you will, for Pence's own 2020 presidential run, especially being that Pence would become president if Trump was removed from office. Sometimes traveling the country using PAC monies on what Pence has claimed to be government business. My question is, Craig, why did Mike Pence feel the need to use PAC monies for some of his travels when he had full use of Air Force Two? especially for government business. Just something to think about. Think about and not only question, but demand answers to. You know, earlier you mentioned the fact that Mike Pence was a career political operative or a career politician. Mm -hmm. Could it be that Mike Pence was also a political ladder climber, not just wanting to be involved in politics, but wanting to run the show? Absolutely. And simply, I now believe, after reading and hearing Mike Pence's recent comments regarding what many of us still believe to be the stolen 2020 election, is that this pack was also set up to test the waters. If you. Oh, hold on a second, guys. I had a computer pop here. Sorry about that. Okay. It seems Mike Pence has always had veiled presidential ambitions, which I believe he has kept hidden until now. Ambitions I deem dangerous to our republic for certain aspects of Pence's politics and his far-right religious beliefs. He has stated on numerous occasions that not only did, quote, I give my life to Jesus, end quote, but that his devout religious beliefs are the center of his very identity, beliefs which do lead towards someone who would welcome our becoming a theocracy. So it now makes sense his running for the nomination in 2024 as social issues, the key focus of said religious far right, do at times dominate the current political discourse. In this case, folks, think abortion. But it's not that Mike Pence has any chance of winning, said 2024 nomination. His extremely low poll numbers prove just that. But Pence is smart enough to know that the only way to set himself up 
for 2028 is by doing the bidding of the swamp-laden Republican hierarchy now, a hierarchy who would rather, I believe, see Joe Biden as president in 2024 than Donald Trump or even my choice, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And maybe this was Pence's plan all along, as in to take an election he knows well was stolen. After all, he watched, as did we, the rightful brouhaha about thousands of uncounted ballots miraculously being found in the middle of the night while only being tallied after poll watchers slash observers were being told to leave. And surprise of all surprises, when counted, not only were all votes cast for Biden-Harris, but what were winning numbers in the swing states already tallied and announced for Trump-Pence suddenly were lowered to allow for a Biden-Harris win. Simply, this makes no sense unless the numbers were somehow manipulated and or switched, sort of like what happened back in twenty um, in 2000 with Florida's Chad fiasco. And Pence watched all unfold and said not a word, possibly having known all along that 2020 would be lost, but that by 2028, our country will be so bad off, having then gone through yet another four years of Joe Biden, that any Republican, Craig, any Republican, even one selling out to the swamp, like I believe Pence has done, would win come 2028. You know, there's an old saying, thou dost protest too much. Mm-hmm. And isn't Mike Pence kind of doing that now? I mean, he's out there in the public now because he's running for president in 2024. But he's making some pretty absurd comments, isn't he? I mean, don't you think maybe he's protesting a little bit too vigorously? I sure do, because why else would Mike Pence now make up lies that Trump and his advisors pressured him into rejecting the certification of the 2020 election in January? Why else would uh, Pence tell Fox News that, quote, the president specifically asked me and his gaggle of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, which would have resulted in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives and literally chaos would have had ensued, end quote. And he said this even knowing well that all Trump asked of him was to delay the Electoral College vote until all the voter fraud claims were looked into and resolved. A very reasonable request, I'd say. So what? So why say what he said? Because I believe Mike Pence would lie for his own political gain, as in the presidency, even if it meant a few years' wait time to achieve said gain. And his and in his now appeasing those in the Republican hierarchy of the swamp, Pence hopes it will garner him brownie points from those who are already working behind the scenes on the 2028 election. Quote, our country is more important than one man, 
our constitution is more important than any one man's career. On January 6th, former President Trump demanded that I choose between him and the constitution. I choose the constitution and I always will, end quote. Were also Mike Pence's ever so altruistic sounding words said as he tried setting himself up as the defender of truth and honesty, which he is anything but. And so the man who now says that he has no plans to testify at any of Trump's upcoming trials unless he is subpoenaed to knows damn well that he will be. And he has actually set himself up to be the recipient of kudos and political love from not only rhino Republicans and those who simply don't like Donald Trump, but will soon be the recipient of mega dollars courtesy of his reportedly soon to come January 6th memoir, a memoir which he hopes will not only sour the independents on voting for Trump in 2024, but will align their votes with him in 2028. Simply, it's my belief that Mike Pence is not only a political backstabbing traitor to Donald Trump, but to we, the American people, and our country as well. Case closed. You know, I want to go back to a quote that you contain in the Mm -hmm. op-ed, because I've got a little something to say about this quote, because it just strikes me as complete nonsense or BS. You you take your choice. And this Mm -hmm. is the quote, and it's from Mike Pence. The president specifically asked me, and his gaggle of crackpot lawyers asked me, to literally reject votes, which would have resulted in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives, and literally chaos would have ensued. Well, it's a good thing Mike Pence did what he did then, because certainly chaos has been avoided, right? Chaos, well, actually, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's my point. Chaos is tenfold of what it would have been if it had gone back to the House, actually, because now we're, we're facing constitutional crisis. We're facing possible revolution. Use your air quotes with that word. I do not necessarily mean violent revolution. There's other ways of, you know, um, bringing forth a revolution. There is such polarization and such hate going on in our country right now. This all could have been stopped. All Trump asked of him was just hold off the certification and we'll till we do some investigating. Right. And then certified. And then what? certify what you have to certify. Mike Pence refused to do that. Why would a man who was on the ticket, who knows damn well that all the irregularities were indeed fraud, why else, except for his own political gain, and promises kept to people he made promises to, why else would he refuse a simple request for a delay? To avert chaos. Job well done, Mike. Job well done. (laughs) 
chaos has been averted. Thank God things are calm. Mike Pence is probably right now the root cause of everything that is going on in this country. Because Mike Pence knew damn well on January 6th, President Trump never called for insurrection or violence. That tape is around everywhere for people to listen to. Nowhere does he call for that. He asks people to peaceably assemble, which is a right guaranteed us under the Constitution. And I could probably guarantee that Democrat instigators within the crowd started the violence. It's it's pretty obvious. I mean, when you watch the the tapes, especially the ones that Tucker Carlson got a hold of, you you can tell who's inciting the the violence and and who's pushing people, and it's not Trump supporters. Right, Nancy Pelosi's son was in the middle of it. Yeah, the FBI was in the middle of it. The police, the Capitol Police, not the D.C. Police, the Capitol Police were opening the Capitol doors to let the protesters in. Remember the well, QAnon. If you're opening the door for them and you're welcoming them into the Capitol, how is that violence? Well, and, and remember the, uh, the QAnon shaman, right? Yes. The Capitol Police were giving him a guided tour and helping him find open doors so he could get into the chambers. Exactly. The only person that committed overt violence that day was the man, the Capitol Police officer who killed Ashley Babbitt. There's your true violence. There it is. That's it, right there. And was he charged? No. He's walking around scot-free. No. She's dead, and he's free. Yep. Yep. Nothing to see here. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things. You know, this this is a very interesting op-ed. Traitor, thy name is Mike Pence. And folks, you can find it in two different places. You could go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. Either way, you can get the link, and we hope you share it uh, everywhere. But it's, it's a very interesting take, uh, and, and I think a very honest look at what transpired at, at the hands of Mike Pence. What has been the response that you have gotten from this? I have gotten really unbelievable response in the sense that people are going, number one, you nailed it. We never trusted Trump, uh, Pence either. The only negative response I got was from a man that said, Pence was a hero because he exposed the criminal Donald Trump. Well, I really led into him on on Facebook. He okay. posted this on Facebook. That was the only negative, turning everything around and making Pence a hero. Okay, obviously, this was either a Biden supporter or a Pence supporter. I, I, One I or don't the other. Yeah, it was not a name that sounded. Um, I'm guessing it that was a, I that I knew this name or something. I'm but guessing I, if I if I if I had to guess, I would say it was a Biden supporter because Pence only has three. That's true, and the only other response 
I got that was negative out of all the responses. There was a woman who was a Republican and she said, your article was fantastic. You, you nailed it, but you lost me with one line. Oh, when you said I would prefer Ron DeSantis. Oh, forget us. So I answered her back and I said, hold on a minute. I can vote for whoever I want in the primaries, but I have said in print and on the radio that if Trump gets the nomination, he gets my vote. That's right. not good enough for you? <laughs> Apparently not. In, in, Apparently not. You yeah. know, with some of these people. Um, yeah. And and I don't, I, you know, I don't know where they're coming from. You know, look, vote for the nominee. Okay. Right. But leading up to that, you're free to vote for whoever you want in the primaries. Right. And, exactly. uh, you know, and if, look, if, if Trump gets the nomination, then he gets the vote. Exactly. You know, if, uh, you know, if you're a DeSantis supporter or a Ramaswamy supporter or a Nikki Haley supporter, if Trump gets the nomination, you vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Trump supporter, and let's say DeSantis gets the nomination, if you don't vote for him, you're you're helping to ruin the country by reelecting Joe Biden. And that might be a gaggle, as you know, Penn said, a gaggle of only Trumpers who will waste a ballot by writing in Trump. And you know, there's going to be people that do it. There will be. Absolutely, there will be. And you will be the direct cause of Biden getting reelected. It will fall directly on your shoulders, whether you like it or not. You know, and, and you you may not, it, it, may, it may not get Biden reelected. It may get Gavin Newsom elected. Because oh, I, st- I still don't think Biden's going to make it. You know, all the way through this. I I think he's going to have to pull out. Well, let me tell you something. There's going to be a debate, I believe it's in October, between Newsom and DeSantis. Well, DeSantis is going to wipe the floor with Gavin Newsom. He will be literally dragging his butt out the door. Well, I agree with you. But you have to understand, the liberals want Gavin Newsom. They want the policies Gavin Newsom has used to destroy his home state of California. That's what they want for the rest of the country. So it doesn't really matter how badly DeSantis trounces Gavin Newsom in that debate. The liberal media is still going to say Gavin Newsom won. It's going to be very hard after what happened yesterday in L.A. with on the Nordstrom flagship store where this gang, this mob, went in and destroyed the store, stole everything they can get their hands on while they bear sprayed security and the police had their hands tied and couldn't stop it. I, I understand. I understand well, what today, you're saying. Let me finish. Today on social media, many people from California have said, we've had enough. People have been moving out of California for years because of uh, of just that sort of thing. 
But yeah. you see, to think that it's going to make a difference in whether or not Gavin Newsom gets tapped on the shoulder, you're using common sense, Diane, and we'll have none of that in politics. Oh, that's true. I, for, I forgot about uh, that. Common got, sense is verboten. <laughs> you've, you've, got to, you've got to check your common sense at the door. That's true. Uh, just the <laughs> way right. it is. Folks, go to go get Diane's link at either the patriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. Share that link everywhere and we're going to see how this all plays out. Um but Pence is not going to be the nominee. We're not sure who is yet for for a fact, but we know Pence isn't that guy. We know that for sure. Stay with us. We've got one segment coming up. I'm going to be talking about UFOs, the Bible, and a pillar of salt. More to come on Right Side Patriots after this. Hi, guys. Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen and Diane Sorry getting you through Tuesday night. If you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and have at it. That's my advice. Yes. All right. I'll have it up between 7 and 8 tomorrow morning. You know, Diane, Maybe a little earlier. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. There's been a lot of talk recently floating around even political circles about UFOs. Yes. And you and I have been, of course, watching that intently. Um, you and I have had way too many conversations to even count regarding that subject over the years because yeah, we're sure. both big space uh, geeks, science yep. geeks. And the the thought that 
This is the only intelligent life in the universe seems to me to be a pretty sad commentary on intelligent life. It sure does. <laughs> so after the, the congressional hearings a couple of weeks ago, I got to thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take this on in a commentary. Oh, I came up with UFOs, the Bible, and a pillar of salt. Now, you're free to not believe that aliens from other worlds, other than our own, that is, exist. But how then do you explain Dennis Rodman? (laughs) Recently, I've been seeing social media posts declaring unapologetically that UFOs and space aliens do not exist because of, you know, the Bible. Now, I've been told in no uncertain terms that such aliens do not exist because God would have had to have created them, but he doesn't mention them in the Bible. So saith the holier than thou's. Is it true? Does the Bible not mention space aliens? Now, before I answer that question, allow me to explain religion itself. Religion was created by ancient man for two basic reasons. First, it was meant to either scare the bejesus into or out of people. And second, it was a way to control people's behavior. As society evolved, religion, or the supposed tenets of it, became the basis for laws by which the powerful controlled the riffraff. Religion, for thousands of years, has been a tool of the powerful And in that sense, it still is to this day. So, does the Bible mention space aliens? Well, that depends on whether or not you're a holier-than-thou. There are those who take every word in the Bible as 100% fact, even though those words were written by mere men after, in most cases, being told orally for decades or centuries before anybody bothered to write them down. Over even more centuries, those words were translated and edited for political purposes into the Bible we have today. Who really knows what the truth of those words are after so much monkeying about? Diane, I have always enjoyed the Bible as a collection of good short stories, most with a good moral that make us feel good. But as for assessing to those words absolute truth, well... I have always taken them with a pillar of salt. Yeah, and that's very interesting because like you said in the beginning of the show, you and I are space geeks. And I have always been one. And it's very interesting that something that I learned from my archaeology teacher back in college has sort of made its way into your article as well. And to me, it's truth. And it concerns how religion came to be. Yeah. I mean, you you look at it and, you know, you either take it as absolute truth or you're open-minded enough to say, I've got questions. Exactly. Religion in its early days to ancient peoples was a way to explain things they couldn't understand. Those ancient people had a very limited basis of scientific knowledge, and therefore, 
there were a good many things for which they had no explanation, but (coughs) they did the best they could given the limits of their knowledge. The books of Daniel and Revelations describe some pretty odd encounters with beings not of our planet, but no book of the Bible does a better job of presenting alien life than does the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, or Zeke, as his friends called him, describes seeing a wheeled chariot descend toward him from the sky, piloted by beings with the quote-unquote likeness of a man. The holier-than-thous are quick to point out that Zeke was referring to God, because the Bible says so. But they don't like it when the texts are seen in the ancient language of Hebrew as God is never mentioned in those ancient texts. God was one of those later additions made for political purposes and then inserted into the book of Zeke. Here's a quote. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf, and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings. And the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead, and they did not turn as they moved, unquote. That's Ezekiel 1. Now, put yourself in Zeke's sandals with all of his limited knowledge, and imagine how somebody like that would describe the landing of a spacecraft. A man, Diane, with no knowledge of such things, a man with no concept of such things, and a man with only rudimentary skills of describing things only in relation to things he knew of. How could such a man, or how would such a man, describe the landing of a spaceship? Well, exactly as he describes it in the book of Ezekiel. Well, you know, it goes even bit further than just describing it in the book of Ezekiel, because Zeke, as you call him, then goes on to claim a particular incident. Well, yeah, Zeke described being taken up between the earth and the heavens, seeing wondrous things, and being transported to Jerusalem. Now, there are three possibilities in that. One, that the same God who had presented himself to Moses as but a burning shrub later presented to Zeke as some sort of flying machine, or two, that Zeke was either getting buzzed on LSD or he was just nuts, or number three, that mankind's first astronaut was an old Jewish dude. Look, I really don't know what happened any more than do the holier-than-thous, but At least I'm open-minded enough to consider the possibilities, and ancient people would have seen extraterrestrial life as gods. From Zeke to angels, the Bible is full of references to otherworldly beings. So to say they are never mentioned in the book of good short stories is either a flat-out lie 
or it's a deliberate act of specific omission so as to make certain things fit a certain narrative. Holier-than-thous also claim that the U.S. government is not covering anything up where UFOs are concerned because other nations would have outed them a long time ago. Really? No other nation's government would also be covering up the truth of the existence of UFOs? No other country, if they had proof or possibly downed or captured alien craft, would try to keep that a secret so as to garner that technology for themselves? And our government wouldn't keep such knowledge under lock and key? Initial newspaper reports quoted an Army officer as saying there was a UFO, a flying disc, recovered from the desert near Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. But the government amended its story the very next day to say that what they recovered was actually just a weather balloon. In 1994, this story changed again. The UFO was determined to be a spy balloon. But our government would never engage in such a cover-up, would they? Several people who had nothing to gain by lying claimed to have seen alien bodies at the Roswell crash site, and others claimed to have seen or held pieces of the crash craft that defied any material known to man. A few weeks ago, when asked whether the U.S. government had information about extraterrestrial life, David Grush, one of three who testified before a congressional committee, said the U.S. likely has been aware of non-human activity since the 1930s. Diane He and other military witnesses spoke to Congress and testified under oath that the U.S. has recovered non-human biologics from alleged crash sites. Did they produce a body for the committee to examine? Well, no. But they seem far more credible than do those who deny the possibilities because of, you know, the Bible. People need to understand something. The Bible, you know, the holier and thous love to claim that the Bible is the word of God the Bible as we know it and many in the religious hierarchy will say the Bible is the uh, the writers of the Bible were told by God what to write down mm-hmm. okay the, the, the only thing according actually written by the hand of God according to the Bible is the Ten Commandments given to the Jew Moses when the Jewish people wandered in the desert for 40 years. But yet, they still, in the 21st century, so many people are still unwilling to move past the first century. And that, to me, it's just mind-boggling. It, it really is. And, and more mind-boggling still, the fact that Moses and the Jews were wandering the desert for 40 years and God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He should have given him a map. <laughs> Listen, in, in that, Very true. 
In that congressional hearing, retired Navy Commander David Fravor testified regarding his own encounter, which he caught on video in 2004 just off the coast of San Diego. Fravor said that he and three other service members saw a white tic-tac-shaped flying object emerge over the San Diego coast in California. Fravor testified under oath, quote, There were no rotors, no rotor wash, or any visible flight control surfaces like wings, unquote. Fravor said that he and the other pilots tried to get closer to that mysterious craft, but, quote, it rapidly accelerated and disappeared right in front of our aircraft, unquote, leaving no detectable turbulence. Fravor said, quote, the technology that we faced was far superior than anything we had. I'm not a UFO fanatic, but what we saw with four sets of eyes, we have nothing close to it. It was incredible technology, unquote. Now, according to the holier than thous, those things simply do not exist because the Bible never said they exist. Of course, we're talking about a people and a time when the greatest technological advancement was not using poison ivy as toilet paper. And we know they poop back then because the Bible contains some 30 mentions of pooping or peeing, but no mentions of Jesus having skid marks on his tidy whities Getting back to the book of Zeke for a moment, he said, quote, You shall eat... You shall eat it as a barley cake, having baked it in their sight over human dung, unquote. Apparently, there was nothing better back in the day than a freshly baked butt biscuit. <laughs> as evidence mounts regarding the existence of life on or from other worlds, the holier-than-thous remain steadfast in their certainty that it does not exist, and that we are it in the universal scheme of things. But why exactly do they refuse to entertain even the possibility of such life? Diane, I think when it comes and it will come, it will upset their biblical apple cart. I think it even goes a little bit beyond. They are actually afraid to face tangible realities it's very easy to become a blind follower of anything because once you become a blind follower you stop thinking for yourself isn't that the truth yes you know and as i said before religion and quite possibly the notion of god was invented by mere man so as to explain away the things that ancient man could not understand The ancestors of today's holier-than-thous called people like Da Vinci, Galileo, Copernicus, and Chuck Darwin heretics because they understood things that the holier-than-thous did not. Blaming everything on God or giving God credit for everything, as today's holier-than-thous do, is easier than thinking, and it absolves them of any personal responsibility for the things that happen around them. In in the mind of the holier-than-thou, we silly humans are the best and most advanced thing ever created by God. 
Should some being from another world enter the picture, suddenly either we are not the best thing God ever did or the entire notion of being created in the image of God the Almighty flies right out the spaceship hatch. Science is hard. Theoretical physics is even harder. Being holier than thou is relatively easy as theories go, but scientists and theoretical physicists understand that there are ways to possibly bend space and time in ways that would allow beings far more advanced than we are to travel extreme distances in a rather short amount of time. And who's to say if those beings who might just be here were the same beings who left their home planet? Or could they be those beings' descendants? Are we even sure the trip was a non-stop trip or could those beings have staging grounds scattered throughout the galaxy or universe where for tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years they've been making shorter trips? And this should set the holier-than-thou's hair on fire. What if mankind is actually an alien experiment? Wouldn't that be a kick in the holier-than-thou skidmark-free tidy whities my advice is to beware of those who use the notion or possibility of God to excuse them from thinking and label those who do think as heretics, as one day E.T. and his magic finger might just give them a proctological exam, which in turn will cause the high and mighty to come crashing down to earth with the sudden realization that biblical demons and angels were really the sky people referred to by far too many ancient cultures for it to be a mere coincidence. Finally, the numbers are against the holier-than-thous where extraterrestrial life is concerned. In our galaxy alone, the latest scientific observations estimate that there are some 100 billion planets, and roughly 300 million of them would be capable of sustaining life of one sort or another. On a universal scale, the number of habitable planets rises to possibly 5.3 trillion. And given those numbers, it becomes a fool's errand to believe that the only or that only the third rock from our sun entertains intelligent life. As I said before, you're free not to believe that aliens from worlds other than our own exist, but then how do you explain Dennis Rodman? <laughs> you know, th this is a very snark-laden article, and yet you've nailed the key points. You cannot in today's world be arrogant enough to think that in the vastness of space we are all there is we're not and you know when we go to Mars and eventually we will be there they find one fossil they find when man is exploring the surface they find one microbe alive, one bacteria. There goes the entire concept of we are it. Yeah. I mean, look, 
we're all made of the same stuff as stars. Yes. Okay, Star you break us down. Yeah, you break us down by our elements, and we are the stuff of stars. Yes. Why would it only? Why would intelligent life only exist here? Why would any life only exist here, if the stuff of stars is everywhere? Yeah, it makes no sense. And you know, my favorite thing about all of this is the creation story. I am not a creationist, folks. I am an evolutionist, 100%. How then do you explain? How do the, what Craig calls the holier than thou's, how do you explain that if you believe every word in the Bible, literally, and both the Old and the New Testament say that Adam and Eve were the first of humankind. You have to remember, Adam and Eve had sons. They never had any daughters. How else did other humans spring about? Ooh, ooh, I can answer that. sons. I I can answer that. I know, but let me lead up to your answer. You have to accept two things. I'll let you tell what those two things are, Craig. But you have to accept as reality two things that will upset everyone's apple cart. Well, either the Neanderthals, who weren't actual human beings, were around and Mm -hmm. interacted with Adam, Eve, and the boys. (laughs) To, to the point where they crossbred and right. other people came from that, or, or Cain was a mama's boy, yeah. literally. He had to be getting busy with mom. The 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 you've got, and then you've got a question: the whole concept of original sin. Maybe it's not humankind's sin. But maybe God wasn't perfect, and he realized, oops, I made Adam and Eve, but I didn't make enough people. And then again, how do you explain that every human being, except a certain segment in Africa, every human being carries a Neanderthal gene? You know, I mean, so God might be fallible? Maybe, maybe maybe the doctrine teaches that God is perfect, but maybe God is as fallible as we are. Well, if we're if we're created in God's image, then it would stand to reason. If we're fallible, so is He. Yeah, and and but try and telling so, that to a holier than thou. See how far you get. You you can't. And Craig, neither Craig and I are atheists. So don't think we're coming at this from an atheist standpoint. I'm just not a fan of organized man-made religion and man-made tenets. No, I'm not either. But I'm not a disbeliever in God the Father by any means. However, that doesn't mean that that father 
was perfect, like the later writings made the father out to be. You know, maybe God turned his back because he was busy, he had something on the stove, and, and, <laughs> and while and while he wasn't watching, uh, one of the boys got busy with mom. You know, I mean, or you two know, of the boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the more likely scenario, I would think, yeah, maybe that happened once or twice. But pre-humans, humanoids, when humans came about, others still existed to a much lesser degree. And, and humankind, as we know, it eventually overtook all the others. But in the very beginning, at the time of Lucy, the first so-called human, others still existed. Well, yeah. But that, you know, you've got to put the leap of faith aside and you've got to accept the concept of evolution. I- and the simple thing should tell you, the holier and thou's believe that the earth is 6,000 years old. There's no way. The Earth is billions of years old. The Earth cannot be just 6,000 years old. No. Because Keith Richards is older than that. <laughs> Keith Richards will live forever. You know? I mean, I'm just saying. Folks, if you want to have a little fun, you want to have a little laugh or two. And and, and uh, maybe think. And maybe yeah. think a little bit. Go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com. Or go to rspradio1.com, get the link to UFOs, the Bible, and a Pillar of Salt. And share it. Mm-hmm. You know, get get it out there, because I guarantee you we have not heard the last of this whole UFO thing, or UAPs, as they're now called, because UAPs is easier to say than UFOs, apparently. Uh, you really? know, you, Well, you know, you can only have an acronym for so long, and then you got to change it, right? I mean, this is fixing I mean, something that's not broken. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's it, politically correct. You know, now now with acronyms, they're fixing things that aren't broken. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get UFOs, the Bible, and a pillar of salt from thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. Share it everywhere. But with that, Diane, you and I are out of time for this show tonight. Okay, folks. See you Friday and nighty-night. Have a great rest of your week, folks. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.